When it's time to seed grass, fertilize turf, or add a pop of color to your yard, Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered with unbeatable deals on lawn and garden essentials. Find value on everything you need in-store or online at farmandfleet.com. 7-7, go Latham. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Good morning and happy Thursday. This is Reba McClone filling in for Pam Yonke and it's 5.05 right now. Looking ahead throughout the rest of our show, running till 6 o'clock today, we have Bob Bozold talking with Mark Stevenson about Class 3 milk prices and they've been a bit all over the board. So what's been causing that overall? And then we have our own Caitlin Riley talking with Representative Ron Kind about how international trade is impacting those of us right here in Wisconsin. And at the end of the hour, we'll be talking with Bryce Knorr, Commodities Specialist about some of the more details of what's going on in the markets and how is it impacting them. As always, we'll have Ag Meteorologist Stu Muck on the line as well to figure out what's going on with our weather the today, tomorrow, and into the weekend. This is Reba McClone filling in for Pam Yonke, and we'll be right back after this. There goes Pam Yonke across Wisconsin in her suburban truck. Thanks to Wisconsin's Soybean Marketing Board and BadgerBean.com, helping farmers grow sustainable crops to feed a hungry planet. And by your Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin. Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin exists to be a tireless advocate, marketer, and promoter for Wisconsin dairy farmers by growing demand for their dairy products. Keep up with Pam at fabulousfarmbabe.net, Facebook, and Twitter. Josh Gramlin here on the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. And those of us in farm broadcasting, we are watching the markets all the time. So much so that it can pretty much drive you stir crazy sometimes. They're up, then they're down, they're all over the place. It it, it can only take seconds for things to change. But something we've been watching over about the last month, maybe two or three weeks, is the price of Class 3 milk. And Scott, you guys up there in Eau Claire, you recently talked with somebody to maybe give us a little clarity on the whole class class three milk situation we sure did josh you know that is certainly a roller coaster ride watching those class three prices in the past like you said couple months for sure they bounced way up there for a while and gave us hope and then slapped us back down bob caught up with uw madison dairy specialist dairy policy specialist mark stevenson while he was at world dairy expo and bob asked him about those current situations in the dairy industry such as why that class three price jumped over 19 dollars for a couple of days and then fell back down We've got a lot of moving parts, and you know that's really what has caused prices to take that big jump up and then retrench. And you know you got a market that's trying to figure out where those prices really should be right now. Um, that $19 milk price that you were talking about in futures markets uh, was not fully reflective of all of the movements that we had in the cheese prices at the time, which had gone up some 30 cents in a period of a couple weeks. And then they retrenched, you know, another 25 cents. Well, they're back up, you know, I don't know, nickel a little bit more than that since that local bottom here a while ago. It's moving around a lot. Uh, I can tell you what some of the variables are that I think people are looking at. 
one of them is that we've got quite a lot of product that's been manufactured, but not as much as it had a year ago. We've got inventories of American cheese. The, that's the cheese, the cheddar that gets um, involved in the pricing, you know, of the class three markets, uh, who have been anything other than normal. It's typical for us to see those inventories build through June and July and then get drawn down now and on through uh, the end of the year. But actually, our high point for inventories this year was last January, and it's been being pulled down ever since. So I think that movement up was really people starting to feel like this is getting tight. Why has it been pulled down this year, kind of breaking the tradition? Normally, um, we are building up, you know, during that flush season of the year, a lot of milk being produced, and we put it into storable dairy products like cheese. Um, this year, the biggest reason why that didn't build this year was that uh, milk production has actually been flat or even down in a couple of months, and the milk just wasn't there to be put into the storable dairy products. And we've had enough volume in some storage that you could feel comfortable with that for a while, but now I think cold storage reports, especially for American cheese, are starting to look like they're a little tight. As we go forward then, here we are in October, the end of the year into early next year. What do you expect to happen? I mean, farmers are struggling to have enough feed. Question about feed quality. A lot of factors are going to play into this, aren't they? They are. And, you know, a year ago, um, I was suggesting that we were going to have a much better milk price year in 2019 than we had in 2018. And indeed we do. It's been, what, maybe $1.30 higher today than it was a year ago. Um, so that's, that's a real good thing. And I fully expect that we're going to have additional strength going through 2020, maybe as much as a dollar a hundredweight more than where we are now. Um, so those kind of conditions, you know, are really relying on continued moderate growth in milk production, milk supplies, reasonable demand for dairy products. We just had a report from ERS, you know, that indicated that per capita demand for all dairy products, um, milk equivalent in all dairy products, was at the highest level it's been since 1965. So demand has been brisk. In spite of the fact that uh, we've got these imitate the soy and the almonds, is that having an effect? The marketplace is going to offer everything that a creative mind can think of that a consumer might want. And, yeah, it will continue to have an effect, but it hasn't been the whole effect either. There's just been a lot of competition for the stomach space, I guess, especially for beverage products. Mm juices have taken a big slice of, of a market that was once, you know, largely reserved for milk. Water is probably the biggest competitor that we've had. So bottled water is, is taking a lot of what milk once had. Um, and, I, you know, we should fight for every sale that we can have of a dairy product. But if I'm a dairy farmer, I'm not going to agonize over um, whether we lose a little bit of that because we're picking it up on the other end, uh, cheese sales, you know. It, 75, 1975, 17 pounds per capita. Uh, today it's 37 pounds per capita. So uh, I heard one person say, and I, I think it's a nice phrase, way to put it, we aren't drinking milk anymore, we're eating it. And it's good whichever way you do it. Mark, that's some of the domestic situations we're dealing with. What about internationally and these trade deals? I guess U.S., Mexico, Canada is the one closest to home if and when that gets kicked in, is it going to be that much different than what we had in the old NAFTA, especially for Canada relations? 
No, it isn't really. I mean, Mexico is our biggest export destination, has been for a long period of time. And under NAFTA, we had free trade agreement in dairy products, so uh, we didn't have any restrictions there. Now, we had a bump while we were going through tariffs and retaliatory tariffs. That included dairy products, and so we took a bit of a hit there. Um, but the USMCA will take us back to free trade in dairy products with Mexico. Um, with Canada, it NAFTA did not include Canada in, in the dairy portion of the discussion. Canada just said we opt out of that. Uh, with the USMCA, uh, there are Canadian provisions in there to increase trade, but only slightly. So it's a little bit better, marginally better, but I think the reality is it's not going to be a very big deal. Of course, the discussion and the disgust, I guess, and frustration in America was that Class 7 situation that Canada put in place and what that's meant for powder sales around the world. Are we going to see much of a change there? Because they're obviously never going to give up supply management, but what about Class 7? Well, in in theory, they do have to make some changes, but I think that in reality, it's not going to be a very big difference because they still will be able to price a product at a level that's competitive with ours, and you know that has to be a, a price that they determine, probably much like we do with product price formulas. And you have to question some of the things that go into creating what that price actually is, like the make allowance. What does it cost you to transform? milk into those powder products. If their make allowance is a lot bigger than ours, then it means that their uh, milk price for those products are effectively smaller and more competitive than ours. And so going forward, USMCA, as far as dairy, isn't going to make that many changes. It's just that we lost NAFTA, MCA, USMCA isn't going to be that much different as far as dairy. I don't think it will. I mean, I don't think we should get too excited about that. I, I'm, I'm happy that we've, um, you know, worked a trade deal that is going to take us back to a pretty reasonable position. And here I, I outline particularly Mexico. Um, and it's not that the Canadian position is a bad one for us. It's probably somewhat better than it was, but not much. I mean, it's, it's not going to be anything you really see in your milk check. They've announced a, a U.S.-Japan deal. Hopefully we can get China worked out. Either of those have major impacts as far as dairy moving forward. I mean, pork producers are excited about Japan and hopefully into China, but what about dairy? Oh, we sell dairy products to China, uh, and China has an appetite for increasingly um, uh, specialty cheese products. So those are the kind of things that we would hope could be picked up in, in terms of uh, volume of trade. Uh, we've always had some um, trade barriers, I guess, with as you do with most countries, that they have tariffs on cheese products, and our tariffs have actually been a bit higher than Europe's tariffs have more recently. So we would like to get those down to a competitive level. Geographical indicators, we haven't heard much about those in the recent past here, recent, but uh, still something we got to deal with when they force other countries 
to uh, not allow those named cheeses in so we can't ship mozzarella, gorgonzola, things like that to those countries with that name. Now, that's a problem. Um, clearly it is. And, um, you know, I know some countries that have tried to overcome that by renaming and rebranding products that, you know, are essentially just a different name for the same product that they produced before. But that's an uphill battle. I mean, that's just friction in a system that probably shouldn't be there. Um, and certainly we're fighting that battle with uh, Japan and Europe that has apparently successfully managed to include geographic indicators with their trade conditions with Japan. Moving back home, the dairy margin coverage program has paid out approximately $68, $70 million to Wisconsin, $300 million overall. Is that program doing what it's supposed to be? And, and what's your recommendation for Wisconsin farmers that didn't sign up for 2019 to maybe get on board for 2020? Yes, I mean, uh, this is a year that's clearly got a net positive for folks if they sign up at the 950 level um, for the first 5 million pounds of milk. You want to keep everything in Tier 1. Tier 2 is just too expensive, I think, for folks to consider unless it's really a dire circumstance of price. But uh, 2020 is looking right now, as far as projections go, as though there wouldn't be payments or at least not much of any expected payment uh, in 2020. That's a good thing because market prices are improving. Um, but if you really need risk management, if you need to make sure that a bad outcome doesn't happen for you, the 15 cents that 950 coverage costs for the first 5 million pounds of milk is very inexpensive insurance because it's never a sure thing in the dairy industry. <laughs> it hasn't been for some time, that's true. And it won't be in the future, I don't think. Mark, thank you. You're welcome, Bob. All right, Mark Stevenson, Director of Dairy Policy and also Director of the Center for Dairy Profitability at the University of Madison. I'm Bob Bosold. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Thank you to everybody that made it to our free travel show. It looks like you want to join me in Panama and Costa Rica to kick off the new calendar year. Pam Yankee here. Our next farm adventure, January 4th through the 13th. We're visiting Costa Rica and Panama. We want to come along? We've got a brand new tool for you to be able to learn more about the trip. All you need to do is jump online. Holidayvacations.com. Enter keyword Pam, and they've got special online video presentations to show you some of the sites that we'll be enjoying on the trip. And that includes, of course, Doka Coffee. We'll visit Corso Dairy and learn a little bit about agriculture in Costa Rica. There's Arnal Volcano National Park, Monteverde Cloud Forest Reserve. Then it's on to Panama, where we'll not only enjoy a full transit on the Panama Canal, but we'll also get a chance to visit with the indigenous population that still make that region their home. Call Holiday Vacations toll-free, 800-826-2266, and join me on this Costa Rica-Panama trip. Here at Prairie Estates Genetics, we provide dairy farmers with high-quality silage minus the risks. You see, by combining our next-gen seed and next-gen forage management services, we're able to help dairy farmers improve harvest consistency, feed consistency, and milk production consistency. So why not do the same for your farm? Visit prairieestatesgenetics.com and see how you can make next year's harvest your best one yet. Prairie Estates Genetics. The future of forage is here. The conversation of a life well-lived can continue before, during, or after a service with the flexibility of our community room. This is Matt Gunderson, 
At Gunderson Funeral and Cremation Care, a complete individualized life celebration can be held all in one location in our community room. Learn more at GundersonFH.com. Gunderson Funeral and Cremation Care, your hometown life celebration center. Gunderson Funeral Home. Her barn doors are always open. This is the Wisconsin Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Good morning. It is currently 520 right now, and we have live over Skype ag meteorologist Stu Muck on the line. And Stu, it's kind of just quiet out right now. Yeah, that's a nice way to start a morning, isn't it? You know, it is it is really nice. I wish I was quiet in bed right now, but I'll take quiet weather. Oh, I'm going to be nice to be quiet out heading for the barn or in the barn, maybe looking out the door because... We don't have a big storm taking aim on us. It's not brutally cold. It's all in all just pretty typical for this later part of October. Oh, there is high pressure around. That's why we have a, a pretty nice start today. High pressure just off to the southwest. And even though there may be a few more clouds that we'd like to see here and there, well, that did keep us from really dropping in the freezer overnight. We are going to have some more sunshine breaking out today, so it will brighten up, and that's going to make it a very fine day. Temperatures almost normal today, definitely above normal on toward Friday and Saturday, but unfortunately, I have to talk of a little rain chance. As much as we'd like it to stay high and dry, low pressure will be edging in from the west, and a cold front will be pulled on into Wisconsin and that's why we need to expect that old later Friday night or just into Saturday, scattered showers become a possibility, a really slight chance that any thunderstorm activity pops up anywhere. But we're talking a little rain Friday night into Saturday, maybe up to a tenth of an inch or a little more. That'll be all. Temperatures don't change very bad, very, very sharply or anything. We stay quite mild right into Sunday. More likely we'll have measurable rain as we look toward Monday. On that high note, I'll be right back with the forecast right after this. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. All business owners want the same thing, to make their business succeed. At Rural Mutual, they help that happen. As the third largest writer of commercial business in Wisconsin, they take the time to learn your business so they can properly protect you. Call your local agent today or visit RuralMutual.com. One of the area's top producers of fresh produce continues to grow. Gums Farms is now hiring for their packing shed and field. These are seasonal, full-time, with potential full-year-round employment. If you have a passion for agriculture and want to learn from a locally-owned and seasoned producer, visit gumsfarmswi.com for an application. Gums Farms is looking for forklift operators and stackers. Find out more. Visit gumzfarmswi.com. Gums Farms. Growing for the future. All right, and we are back with ag meteorologist Stu Muck. And before you get into those forecast details, uh, I heard you know some information about an FFA alumni online auction. There's an online auction right now at auctionsbyobrien.com. Auctions with an S by O'Brien. Com. It's a fundraising auction leading up to the 2020 Wisconsin FFA Alumni Association Annual Meeting. Have a few of the items donated on trying to get things going on. 
Uh, look up the auction. We'll get a link posted for you. And uh, there will be another one right before the convention, ending right at the end of January. The convention next year, January 31st, February 1st. Today, we look for sunshine. That's a nice, bright way to get in the day. In fact, we'll be at about 56 or so, even warmer at La Crosse. Northwest winds about 5. Clear tonight, down into the upper 30s. Winds become southeast late about 5. A mostly sunny Friday. Gorgeous. Most of us around 60 could be 64 or better at lacrosse south winds 5 to 15 gust to 25 but late friday night or into saturday scattered showers more cloudy skies of course and upper 50s are about 60 a tenth of an inch of rain or so but reba it is going to be a little damp starting the weekend more likely raining into early next week you know as much as none of us want to hear it i'm sure we can't always avoid it no we'll have to be ready for it and i guess it's just a good warning do what we can to get ahead of the rain before next week. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Stu, and we will check in with you tomorrow. We'll do it. See you then. Sounds good. That was Ag Meteorologist Stu Muck on the line chatting with us about the weather. And so, yeah, we'll get those links posted for the FFA alumni auction online so you can go ahead and take a look at that. I think it's a really great opportunity to support an organization that supports kids in our school systems. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Welcome to the Middleton Farmers Cooperative, powered locally since 1928. Your cooperative, serving the community with two Senex convenience stores, Do It Best Hardware Center, Feed Mill offering Vita Plus products, Agronomy Center, and Blue Dolphin Car Washes. Become a member today. Visit us on Pleasant View Road or University Avenue in Middleton or online at middletoncoop.com. Be our neighbor. Become a member. The Middleton Farmers Cooperative, your cooperative. Stop by the Do It Best Center in Middleton and check out our expanded selection of rental equipment, aerators, stump grinders, edgers, and much, much more for your lawn and home fall projects. Check out our rentals on our website, middletoncoop.com. Be our neighbor. Become a member. The Middleton Farmers Cooperative, your cooperative. In baseball, these are the moments that bring us to our feet. But the most important moment happens when we all stand together. United for a great cause. We once again join our partners Stand Up to Cancer in reaffirming a commitment to the fight against cancer. Since 2008, Major League Baseball, its fans, players, and coaches have delivered a powerful, determined message that we, together, will defeat cancer. I'm Matt Damon. I'm Candace Patton. Joe Manganiello. Jordana Brewster. Zachary Levi. I'm Uzo Aduba. Cancer has in some way touched all of us. So join Major League Baseball and stand up to cancer as we stand in honor of all loved ones affected by this disease. Visit standuptocancer.org MLB. Stand up with us. Hi, I'm Travis Ganser. We hear you. You need new windows. Ganser Company is proud to introduce 80 years and 80 minutes. Simply put, you need real information and pricing so you can make a good decision and spend your precious time with your family and friends, not contractors failing to call you back, taking weeks to get you an estimate, or the high-pressure sales pitch you dread. Our 80 years of hindsight for 80 minutes of your time. We give you the skinny in 80 minutes to make an educated decision. 
With the huge swing in temperatures from below zero to the upper 90s, Ganser Company has the only window made for Wisconsin climate. Infinity Windows from Marvin offer a lifetime warranty. Bring on the ice, wind, and the heat. Infinity Windows don't warp, crack, or fade like vinyl windows. Call today, 608-222-1243, or stop into our showroom and see the Infinity Window Experience. Remember, 80 years and 80 minutes from a local family business of four generations. It's that simple. Dancer, that's the answer. Someday, everyone will have an energy-efficient tankless water heater and an endless supply of hot water. Benjamin Plumbing is now an A-certified dealer of Renai Tankless Water Heaters, the number one selling tankless water heater in North America. Renai Tankless Water Heaters are up to 40% more efficient and provide endless hot water. Stop wasting tons of energy keeping 40, 50, even 75 gallons of water hot all day and night with your old water heater. Call Benjamin Plumbing today and learn more about the new state-of-the-art energy-efficient Renai tankless water heaters, including a factory-extended warranty. Go tankless. Endless hot water for your home with a new Renai water heater from Benjamin Plumbing. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses. I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. In the next 60 seconds, 156 people will be added to Earth's population. Many will face a life of poverty, hunger, and poor health. At some point, planet Earth may no longer be able to sustain our world's population. But overpopulation is not just a numbers game. It's also about a better quality of life, which includes access to basic health care, food, clean water, and a sustainable balance between people and our natural resources. If you think overpopulation is such a big problem that you can't make a difference, think again. Population Connection is the national grassroots organization that believes through education and information, individuals can make a difference. Take the time to make an investment in a better, safer, less crowded world. Even small choices can make an impact. To learn more, visit populationconnection.org. That's populationconnection.org. A public service message from Population Connection. So, Monte, in between studying and whatnot, you've been, obviously been keeping up with the Badgers, right? What do you think of the season so far? Absolutely. You know I'm not missing the game, man. <clears throat> you must definitely know I'm not missing the game, but uh, our Badgers are looking good, man. Uh, obviously, that defense is looking unstoppable. I'm trying to sit here and think of a nickname right now. I know Chris Ork, <laughs> the Goose Egg Gang, right? Yeah, the Goose Egg. So, I, I came up with Leonard's laser beams, and everyone's making fun of me, Monte. <laughs> I mean, I tell you what, man. It's, it's, it's looking like it's going to be a very exciting year. <laughs> Um, I'm definitely stoked about this team. Yeah, so tell us about, well, I mean, you know, as a running back that had a lot of success, obviously, what's your take <laughs> on Jonathan Taylor and the Heisman chase this year? Man, I'm telling you this, man. I, I actually had somebody ask me yesterday. He said, <laughs> rank the top three best Badger running backs. And I actually, you know, obviously you got Ron Day, of course, and I put Jonathan Taylor right after. Uh, I, I truly believe he's, he, he's, he's, He's chasing greatness, man. He most definitely is. And as for the Heisman chase, uh, that thing is so political. Yeah, like what goes all into it? So I'm glad you exactly. said that. Cause, so, Monte, help me out because you were a Heisman finalist. You said, And by the way, well done. You texted me on Saturday. It's confirmed. You do have 40 touchdowns. Anyone who said 39 your Heisman year is full of crap. You had Ooh. 40 touchdowns. You're a finalist. Melvin Gordon 
has the second greatest season in the history of a running back and gets second. So we're trying to put, what does JT have to do this year? Look at what you accomplished and what Melvin accomplished. What does Jonathan Taylor have to do in in retrospect what you guys did? I'm honestly not even, I I don't even know, man, because, yeah, 40 touchdowns is Melvin the second greatest ever. It's like, I think JT's going to have to, you know, rush for like 600 yards next game um, and put up like 25 more touchdowns, I think, because the, the award goes to quarterbacks every single time, and it's kind of frustrating to a lot of running backs and, and former running backs as well because, you know, we put in a lot of work too. And the award states it goes to the best player, the best team, correct? Yep, yeah. Right now it's looking like the Badgers are the best team, in my opinion. Yep. And, and John Taylor is looking like the best player in the country. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I, I, see, the thing is, Monte, you're making way too much sense. And, like, you know, the year, the, you know, like Robert Griffin the third, nice season, but it wasn't a record-setting season. Uh, Marcus Mariota, a nice season. wasn't a record-setting season. I mean, I look at to be the best player, like, do you do something that you've never seen before? I thought what you and Melvin did, we had never seen before, and potentially Jonathan Taylor's going to have a season that we've that's never seen saying. before. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. I, I, I truly believe we are seeing right now Jonathan Taylor do things that no one has ever done before, and, I mean, we're only, what, five, six games in? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's, it's like, come on now. It's like this guy's got – <laughs> about four to five more games left, and it's like he's most definitely going to shatter records, continue to take this team to where this team needs to get to, and I truly believe this is the year we're going to win the Big Ten Championship game too. Uh, visiting with former Badger great Monte Ball, and you, now you get to that, uh, Monte, and, and that's you know hopefully competing for the Big Ten and maybe college football playoff. I mean, mm-hmm. Illinois this week, we'll just, you know, that that's like when you, when you simulate a game right. on Madden because you know you're going to get ah. to the next week. So we're going to simulate the Illinois win. <laughs> Let's move ahead to Ohio State. You know, how big is that game? And if, if, if you were a part of this team, you know, what's the mindset going on? Because you know, right, you go into Columbus and win next week. It's now college football playoff or bust. Absolutely. I just had this conversation last night. I said, uh, we go in and beat Ohio State at in Columbus. I'm telling you this right now. This team should jump up to, like, number two in the rankings, and I know most definitely that will give us, you know, the firepower that we need to fight for the playoff spot, absolutely. And I'm, I'm guessing we'll meet Ohio State again in the Big Ten Championship game, beat them there again, too, and take off from there. But I'm most definitely looking forward to it. Yeah, this weekend against Illinois, like you said, simulation game, uh, kind of just work out the Kings, get our <laughs> get our second and third string ready to go. But um, – Against Ohio State, man, I'm going to be glued to the television. Well, Monte, when, when there's a big game like Ohio State coming up, but then you have a cupcake in Illinois where your Badgers are favored by 30 plus points. Exactly. What what goes through the minds of you know the locker room knowing that Ohio State game is looming? Is there a look ahead, or is it everyone's focused on Illinois? Well, you still got to be focused on you still got to be focused on Illinois. Um, you still got to you know, obviously give respect to the team that you're going to play, but. Uh, Obviously, yeah, being favored by 30 points, we obviously are expecting to win, but you still go in, do what you're supposed to do, and get out healthy. That's the most important thing. Get out healthy. Yeah. Get the players out healthy. Um, keep the uh, starters, again, healthy. Keep the second string ready to go, third string ready to go, because we're going to need every single player to come off state. Let me, ask you about that, uh, let me ask you about that Ohio State game. What do you think of 11 o'clock kickoff? <laughs> I do not like that, man. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke.
Good morning and welcome back. It is 535 and this is Reba McClone filling in for Pam Yonke. And now from the Landmark Services Cooperative Agribusiness News Desk, here's what's happening on a Thursday. It's no doubt that trade is one of the biggest issues facing the agriculture industry right now, maybe besides the weather. Between the U.S.-Mexico-Canada trade agreement being stuck in our government for ratification, the trade deal with China not being really able to move anywhere, it seems that there's a lot of issues facing the agriculture industry. But how does that impact us directly here in Wisconsin? Our own Caitlin Riley talked with Representative Ron Kind about what he sees. Caitlin? Trade and politics are putting the Midwest in the spotlight. With a look at your farm news in La Crosse, I'm Caitlin Riley. Just before taking off for Washington, D.C., U.S. Representative Ron Kind of La Crosse addressed his recent delegation to Switzerland. Last week, I had the opportunity to lead a bipartisan congressional delegation to Geneva, Switzerland, so we could have meetings with the World Trade Organization. We're one of 165 nations that participate in this organization. Our goal is to end the trade war, which has been devastating to our family farmers and hurt to our manufacturers and driving prices up for us consumers, while also working with these countries to elevate the rules and strengthen the rules of trade so that our farmers, our businesses, our workers have a level playing field on which to compete globally. And that we're empowering all of our citizens to be full participants in the global economy. We found great interest with the member nations over there to engage with us on a constructive basis to strengthen and elevate these rules rather than the unilateral approach that the the president has taken by, by starting all these trade wars and then the tit-for-tat retaliation that we're suffering from right now. So we're hoping to build on those meetings right now. Again, they're, they're looking for U.S. leadership uh, in this space right now to help us establish strong and growing rules that everyone would have to abide by, which I also believe would strengthen our own economy and help people back home right now when they need it the most. After the 13th round of trade talks with China, word from Washington is that President Donald Trump had a breakthrough. Markets rallied in relief over the de-escalation tensions, but Kind says there's still more work to do. Call me a little bit skeptical. We've been down this road before where the president announces his trade deal. And then there really wasn't much there. So we haven't seen paper on this at all. We're not quite sure what China has agreed to. What I do know is that the president didn't go forward with another round of tariffs against China this week. But I'm not clear what China gave up from our perspective. And that's what I hope to explore this week when I get out there and in the coming days. We are in agreement with the president that we need structural reforms within the Chinese economy. We talked about that a lot in Geneva last week with the other nations around the globe. Their theft of intellectual property, forced technology transfers. They're subsidizing state-owned industry, all of which are against the rules of trade. And I didn't see much in that agreement that addressed those type of structural changes. So I think there's still a lot of work that has to go in to making sure that China is playing by the same rules as everyone else is. While many farmers and industry leaders are waiting for a deal in the U.S., Mexico and Canada agreement, some accuse Democrats of spending more time trying to impeach President Donald Trump than making trade policy. So I asked Congressman Kind for his response to those accusations against his party. Well, we are working on that and we are walking and chewing gum, but we need to strengthen the enforcement. You could have a great trade agreement on paper, but if you can't enforce it, it means nothing. And that's what we're focused on is how can we strengthen that agreement so that if Canada or Mexico isn't complying with it, we have an ability to enforce it. Kind caution Wisconsinites that the state will be a focal point in the upcoming election cycle, saying it's going to be sun, moon, and stars descending on our state, but he says it will also give a voice to rural communities. From the middle end of the world's longest barn in La Crosse, I'm Caitlin Riley.
Thank you so much, Caitlin. We also want to remind you all to head over to the MidwestFarmReport.com and while there, sign up for your own free fabulous farm baby bib. Thanks to our friends at Quick Trip who are proud supporters of Wisconsin agriculture. When you sign up, we're going to send you that bib in the mail and all we ask in return is that you send us a picture of your baby rocking that bib so we can also post that up on our website to show off as well. So we want to see all of your fabulous farm babies. So head over to the MidwestFarmReport.com to sign up. I'll be back right after this with a look at your opening market number. To the soybean farmer who knows the early rise, who's there even when times are hardest, whose fingers bless Wisconsin soil, who sows in our hearts and grows for our children. To the soybean farmer, we stand with you. Strengthen the voice of Wisconsin farmers. Join the Wisconsin Soybean Program at wisoybean.org. Rural Mutual, the number one farm insurer in Wisconsin, now sells industrial hemp insurance. With decades of experience in agriculture, protect your hemp operation with leaders in the field. Visit RuralMutual.com slash farm. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. One of the area's top producers of fresh produce continues to grow. Gums Farms is now hiring for their packing shed and field. These are seasonal, full-time, with potential full-year-round employment. If you have a passion for agriculture and want to learn from a locally-owned and seasoned producer, visit gumsfarmswi.com for an application. Gums Farms is looking for forklift operators and stackers. Find out more. Visit gumsfarmswi.com. Gums Farms. Growing for the future. No one works harder to help you achieve your goals. We know how challenging and rewarding farming and this way of life can be. You won't find financial experts with more ag knowledge and deeper rural roots. Your friends, family, and neighbors at Compere Financial have your back. As proud partners of the pork industry, we're here for you and join you in celebrating National Pork Month in October. Learn more at Compere.com. Trademarks of Compere Financial, an equal credit opportunity lender. Welcome back. And as we head into looking at our market numbers, the U.S. Grain Council is continuing to look for new overseas market opportunities for American grain farmers. Chad Smith reports. Kurt Schultz is Director of Global Strategies for the Council. He talks about what they look for in potential new markets. Some of the criteria is certainly an opportunity for growth. Oftentimes it's a place where the market currently isn't working in a traditional sense, and it may be fragmented or disorganized, and so traditional investors might stay out of those kind of markets. An easy example, if you look at the feed grain markets across the world, the two regions that have the least amount of development when you look at volume of commercial feeds is actually Africa and the Middle East. And yet, in the case of Africa, they have a population that will be, you know, rival Asia in size in the coming decades. And so they're about one-tenth the size of Asia as far as feed grain production. So that just demonstrates that there is something going on, obviously, in, in the African region that's not working. And so that would be one example. He says there are other examples of markets with untapped potential around the globe. The U.S. Grains Council 
Council has a long-term development project in the works to help build a solid poultry industry in West Africa. Because in the long term, we believe as these markets grow, given their proximity to the United States and the logistics out of either East Coast or out of New Orleans, we can supply them with any deficit feed grains that they need. So it's a long-term development model. We don't expect this to yield immediate results, but we are seeing some exports of U.S. agricultural products into West Africa already. So the trade is beginning. It's relatively small. We think that in the longer term that there is significant opportunity here. The U.S. Grains Council deals with multiple issues like trade policy challenges, how to maintain and defend current market share, as well as new and innovative ways to export products. Schultz says it's very important for his organization to stay focused on market development. There's always going to be new markets out there. And so how do we, and and, and they are longer term, um, they are not as fast a return on investment. And so how do we create markets and expand the demand pool for the agriculture sector in the future? From the United States. And so that's that's really why it's really important is to have a diversified approach, looking at short, medium, and long-term investments and making sure that we cultivate all those so that they grow and they benefit U.S. agriculture. Schultz says everything the U.S. Grains Council does is decided by its farmer members and benefits all U.S. grain farmers. All these programs are run past our membership on an annual basis and they give us a lot of our direction. But the support, both on a moral support, but also on a financial support, start at the farm sector. They invest both in their domestic uh, priorities, but they also look to the future and their international market opportunities. And so we, uh, the Grains Council, can't work without the support of the U.S. farmers. Their financial support allows us to go to U.S. Department of Agriculture and get uh, additional funding to do these international programs. So it is a private-public partnership that has worked for many years and really starts at the grassroots. Again, Kurt Schultz is the Director of Global Strategies with the U.S. Grains Council. Chad Smith reporting. Thank you, Chad. And now a look at those opening market numbers. Cash corn prices were at 392, which is up a quarter cent, while March 2020 corn is holding steady at 403 and a quarter. Cash bean prices are up a penny at 929, while January 2020 beans are up three quarters of a cent at 943. And looking at wheat prices, those are currently at 515 and a quarter, up two, while July 2020 wheat is at 527, up three quarters of a cent. Live cattle are going to start the day at 113.87 and a half, with feeder cattle at 140. 92 and a half and lean hogs at 70 62 and a half double a butter prices will start at 214 and a quarter with block cheese at 204 and barrel cheese at 202 and lastly in milk contracts november milk is at 1861 with december milk at 1806 that's a look at your opening market numbers we'll be back talking with bryce nor commodity specialist after this this is the farm report with pam yonke Someday, everyone will have an energy-efficient tankless water heater and an endless supply of hot water. Benjamin Plumbing is now an A-certified dealer of Renai Tankless Water Heaters, the number one selling tankless water heater in North America. Renai Tankless Water Heaters are up to 40% more efficient and provide endless hot water. Stop wasting tons of energy keeping 40, 50, even 75 gallons of water hot all day and night with your old water heater. Call Benjamin Plumbing today and learn more about the new state-of-the-art energy-efficient Renai tankless water heaters, including a factory-extended warranty. Go tankless. Endless hot water for your home with a new Renai water heater from Benjamin Plumbing. 
Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses. I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. Snowmobile trailers are hitting the lot at I-39 Supply. We got RCs, easy haulers, missions, inlines, out of lines, side by side. He can ramble on all day. Just stop by and see him for yourself. I-39supply.com. Selecting the right alfalfa variety is more commitment than choice. I'm Shannon Latham, and because alfalfa has a long-term impact on your bottom line, Latham alfalfa products are uniquely built for greater yield potential, pest resistance, and unmatched forage quality. All to give growers options that thrive in local growing conditions, whether you produce cash hay or feed on farm. Commit to success in your alfalfa fields. Talk to your local Latham sales rep, see us at LathamSeeds.com, or call 877-GO-LATHAM. The traditional light bulb, a groundbreaking invention in 1879. It's time we switch to longer-lasting Energy Star light bulbs. Saving energy saves you money. Learn more at EnergySavers.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Energy and the Ad Council. Work in the back 40 like it's only a 20. It's Pam Yonke and the Wisconsin Farm Report. Good morning and welcome back. It is 548 and this is Reba McClone filling in for Pam Yankee. And live via Skype, we have Bryce Knorr, Commodity Specialist with Farm Futures Magazine, farmfutures.com. And Bryce, uh, there was some big breaking news around 430 this morning. Right. We finally got news uh, that the European Union, or at least its uh, negotiating uh, committee on the Brexit deal, uh, reached an agreement with uh, Britain. Uh, that will be uh, presented to uh, the European leaders today and then voted on Parliament, basically resolving the long-standing Brexit dispute that has dragged on uh, for more than three years now. And if it is, if the deal is approved by all sides, then Britain will go ahead and leave uh, the European Union on October 31st. Uh, so it uh, resolved, uh, or appears to have resolved, uh, one of the real clouds that's been hanging over uh, markets of all stripes. As soon as the news broke, uh, markets uh, from stocks to soybeans, corn, wheat, everything turned around and started to rally. Uh, so we've got a nice little rally going in the grain market, corn up three and a half, beans up eight, and uh, wheat up four to seven, uh, depending on the uh, market. So uh, this is uh, one of those things uh, like the, uh, the the China trade deal uh, that has really worried uh, investors, traders, uh, anybody who needs to uh, take risk uh, to step back for the market. Uh, and uh, so anytime you can clear uncertainty, that tends uh, tends to be good for markets. Yeah, that it does. And you're talking about there's a current rally right now based upon it. But what does this mean for U.S. agricultural exports to the U.K.? Well, it uh, it probably could uh, improve them somewhat. Uh, It's not going to have a huge impact on uh, U.S. farmers, at least any time soon. But uh, presumably the U.S. will now negotiate some type of trade deal with the uh, U.K. Remember, the uh, the U.K. is a big agricultural producer as well. Uh, From time to time, they do need to uh, import uh, U.S. farm goods uh, if they have bad crops. Uh, But 
it's uh, they uh, are fairly uh, self-sufficient in uh, in quite a few of these things. So not going to have a big impact uh, on the uh, U.S., at least on the agricultural side. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. And speaking of uh, shoring up some un- like uh, unclarity, uh, of course, there's everything going on with China right now. Have we heard anything new? No, uh, they're still trying to hammer out uh, the details uh, of uh, the uh, agreement that was reached at the end of last week, uh, trying to put down, put it all down on paper. Uh, presumably, that will run hundreds of pages as these uh, deals tend to, so that. Uh, presidency of China and President Trump uh, can uh, sign that uh, at the APEC uh, summit in uh, Chile, uh, which is in November before Thanksgiving. Uh, So uh, the talks, uh, uh, or at least some type of uh, discussions, continue to drag on. Uh, There continues to be a lot of sniping between the U.S. and China uh, on various issues that are on the periphery of trade, uh, things like Hong Kong uh, technology transfer, uh, there uh, news that uh, uh, perhaps a couple of U.S. Uh, citizens were arrested over in China uh, recently. So uh, there's all sorts of little sub-issues going on uh, to keep the two sides uh, engaged, at least in the headlines. Oh, it seems like this is, I mean, it hasn't been going on quite as long as Brexit, but it does feel like it has been going on plenty long. Um, go ahead, right. Chris. And so, uh, so, uh, and that's why we, we saw the rally, uh, the market rally so sharply at the end of last week, once we finally got news that maybe there was some light at the end, en- end of the tunnel, not that it's going to change anything dramatically overnight, but again, anytime you, uh, you get rid of uncertainty, uh, business tends to like that. That it does. I mean, I don't blame them for that. And then kind of how are things looking weather-wise here? I know not necessarily weather-wise, but how are things looking based upon the weather, that blizzard that was in Minnesota, North Dakota? Um, I think you were saying the USDA is going to be resurveying out there. Right. USDA yesterday announced that they will be resurveying uh, farmers in Minnesota and North Dakota uh, for their ideas on uh, harvested acres uh, due to the blizzard. Uh, this has been, I guess, one of the things I've been waiting for. Uh, I think uh, I've been saying for months now that if we get a, a surprise in the market, uh, particularly on corn, it's going to be because the harvested acres uh, drop sharply. That uh, tends to be the pattern in years when you have very large prevent plant claims. Uh, because a lot of the ground either gets planted late or gets uh, uh, chopped chop for solids, never makes grain. Uh, so this survey is going to tell us just how many uh, acres uh, were, were lost, or at least are going to be uh, uh, damaged. And that is going to be a key element uh, to prices moving forward. And uh, real quickly on that, do you think those numbers are going to be going down due to the weather? Oh, most of them. When you got two feet of snow, uh, particularly on your soybeans, but also your corn, uh, that ain't good. No, it's not. I, I was kind of figuring that, but I wanted to check with our specialist for sure. Thank you so much, Bryce. And we will be checking back in with you next week, Tuesday. All right. 
All right. That was Bryce Nor Commodity Specialist with Farm Futures Magazine, farmfutures.com. And you can read his comments at farmfutures.com. He does update those by 7.30 every day. So feel free to head over and check those out. And when we were talking with Stu Muck, we talked about that FFA alumni online auction. And we do have that up on our website and our socials now. So feel free to head over and take a look at that to make sure you can kind of help out where you can with that as well. And as always, bid high and often because it is a good cause. We'll see you guys tomorrow. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke.